0: Welcome to Fast Break presented by M3 Elevate. I'm Matt Cranny, and this is the show where we talk offensive and defensive business strategies with some of the most successful and insightful small business leaders. So if you're looking for great conversation and new ways to grow and protect your company, you're in the right place.
1: There's no such thing as a small business. Every business is monumental for the people who lead and depend on it. At M3 Elevate, we have hundreds of policies, but only one mindset. Fuel your growth.
0: Jason Ilstrup is the president of Downtown Madison, Inc., or DMI, a member-based nonprofit formed over 40 years ago to support a healthy and thriving downtown Madison, Wisconsin. They are a not-for-profit advocacy organization that exists for and because of their 450 plus members. A great region depends on a strong urban core, and that's where they come in. They represent the interests of businesses, residents, and employees to ensure that downtown Madison is a great place to live, work, play, and visit for everyone. Prior to joining DMI, Jason worked in hotel management and development at Hotel Red, the Iron Horse Hotel, and the Madison Concourse Hotel. Before entering hospitality, Jason served as a legislative aide and legal counsel for several politicians, including Rep. Martin Sabo, Rep. Barney Frank. He is also a returned Peace Corps volunteer, having served in Niger. Jason attended Boston University and the University of Minnesota Law School. Jason, welcome to The Fast Break. Thank you, Matt. We're excited to be here. So on The Fast Break, we love to learn from awesome voices who are doing the rewarding, terrifying, and critical work of supporting our small business communities and impacting our communities as a whole. So
1: tell us more about your role at Downtown Madison, Inc., yeah, well, thank you again, Matt, for, for being here. We're so excited to have great partners like M3 and you all uh, doing amazing work in both the corporate and civic space here in Madison. So just very appreciative for, for all you do for our community. Um, and at Downtown Madison, Inc., we you said it so well in the intro. We are a member-based organization trying to create the best quality of life in Madison we can, a vibrant, equitable downtown where everybody belongs. Downtown is one of the hearts of our city and literally all roads lead through downtown thanks to the geography and the isthmus. Uh, And really as that sort of center goes and as one of those hearts go, so does the rest of the city. So we work with our members, nonprofits, businesses, uh, government to really just create that vibrant and equitable downtown. we do it in a couple of different ways. First through uh, community building. We make connections between different organizations. We run a hundred events a year to bring people downtown so they can make connections, both personally and professionally, and just to get to know each other. And that's how communities are built, right? Person by person, each of those connections. And as you know, my personality is to be a natural connector. That's what I love most about the job is making different connections between people. A second thing we do to create that vibrant downtown is advocacy. Uh, And we advocate on behalf of our members in in four main areas, economic development, equity and inclusion, quality of life, and
0: transportation. Your agenda, you mentioned, is built around those sort of pillars of economic development, equity and inclusion, quality of life and transportation. Can you just take a minute and, and, and maybe share with our audience, what is it about those specific items and their connection to downtown that makes them such a pillar for you all?
1: Well, they literally, your pillar, the use of the word pillar is, is right on because it's the bedrock of what happens in downtown. If you don't have a strong economy, you're not going to have vibrancy. If you can't get people in and out of downtown through transportation networks, whether or not that's cars, bikes, pedestrians, transit, scooters, whatever it is, you're not going to have that vibrant downtown where people are able to make connections. If you don't have an equitable downtown where everyone feels that they belong, you're simply leaving people out of the center of the city, and quality of life is that catch-all. That is really everything. That these are the reasons why people want to come downtown. It's supporting the arts groups. It's supporting the children's group, like the children's theater or the children's museum. It's supporting sports. It's supporting the festivals. That's really the secret sauce in that quality of life uh, that is so important. So you have to have all of these factors working together to build that vibrant uh, downtown. I'd love to sort of pivot
0: a little, Jason, for you, and say, you know, for M3 Elevate, we're, we're sort of built on the principle that we need to help our clients play both offense and defense uh, with their businesses, right? Growth and protection. You can't do just one or, or the other. Can you take that sort of concept of saying uh, how you and your team help the downtown small business community, and, and maybe just the business community in general, grow and play offense
1: here in Madison. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, organizations like ours and our sister organization, Madison Central Business Improvement District, who handles the marketing, promotion, events, great organization. We are the ones that can play offense for these small businesses. So often we have so many great small businesses downtown, but often the owners are working in those businesses, Mm -hmm. right? And you're working in the business all the time, not on the business. Right. They're working in downtown, not on downtown. Mm-hmm. We're the organization that can help play offense for the downtown section of that work. Mm-hmm. And we can say, you know what, let's try to bring more festivals and events that can drive more traffic into downtown. Our, some of our retailers say that up to 70% of their revenue comes from events mm-hmm. and tourists coming to downtown. Other projects, like we work with developer, developers and development, the more housing we can get downtown is better for everybody, right? Because it's a space that can take dense housing. That means more people that are using their shops more regularly. People that live downtown want to be part of downtown and will support those small businesses. It's uh, more sustainable to have dense housing downtown, connected uh, with transportation networks. It's just better for the environment. And I think you know, you know. Lastly, it helps by building more housing. It just helps with affordable housing, Uh, two types of affordable housing. One, you just, it's a supply and demand issue. So if you build more supply and we need to do that downtown, it makes housing more affordable. But we also have to have intentional affordable housing, which we have several projects here um, that are making sure that everyone can find a place to live downtown. So the long and the short of it is that you know, we are the group that can help play offense while the small businesses do what they do best, and that's helping customers, that's serving, uh, you know, food, whatever that looks like. That is really their specialty, and we're in the place that can help them play offense on the side for downtown itself.
0: Do you have an example of a a small business that you have seen uh, play offense really well um, in in, uh, either in growing their business, establishing their business, um, that might be able to uh, be sort of instructive for other small businesses in downtowns across the Midwest that you might be able
1: to share with us? Great question. I mean, that that's one of the things that we try to highlight is best practices um, for businesses. And that that's important. And what we see in downtown is often it's very collegial. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something could work for one business and it really is similar to another business downtown, but they'll still help that other business out because they, you know, it's that rising tides lift all boats boats. mentality. So yes, there are two businesses in particular that I like to highlight uh, that post pre-COVID were already doing a good job, but post COVID really transitioned well and are doing even better. And the first is Formagination. So Formagination is a great store on the Capitol Square, right on Carroll Street. For those who don't know, it is a it is a play on words for imagination from fromage from cheese. It's an incredible retail store with just this full sensory experience, which is the most successful small businesses right down downtown are creating experiences because they have to go up against the mighty online retail trade. Just one statistic before I get back into for imagination: before the pandemic, uh, the uh, different groups that work in retail believe that twenty five percent of all retail transactions were going to be online by 2025. That was accelerated to a third by 2025 because of the pandemic. So what do these retailers need to do? They need to do a couple of things, but one is create an experience. And for imagination creates an experience. You want to go in, you literally can taste the cheese, you can smell it, you can be there, you can listen to the cheesemongers. Just was trying to get the word cheesemonger at some point <laughs> into the podcast. Is that the first time the word cheesemonger? First time, used? first time I can promise right. you that Jason. Check that off, bucket list. <laughs> So, But you have this full experience and they have continued to double down on that experience and that has been successful for them. The other business is August. It's a great shoe store. I'm wearing their shoes today. Great hip place. Talk to the owner, Rob. They did some online business before, but they became what's called omni-channel. So that store is not just a store to actually, here are your shoes and take them away and go. Now it's a place where you can try on the shoes and maybe buy them online. It's a warehouse for their online goods to ship them out. They use it as an, a mechanism. So to be omni-channel, his business has expanded significantly because he so, has such a larger online presence, but it's tied directly to that brick and mortar store. So th- I think those are two wonderful examples of groups uh, of businesses in downtown that are doing something different. One, in experience with for imagination and two, using omni-channel techniques in their business with August Shoe Store on State
0: Street. I-, I love those examples. Jason, I think they're incredibly powerful for our audience and I think they're translatable. Um, so uh, thank you for sharing those. Let- let's sort of keep going on, on this tone, but change the focus a little. And and I want to ask a question about sort of the other side. So we talked about the playing offense piece. Um, Let's talk a little bit about playing defense. When I say, uh, you know, businesses playing defense, um,
1: what comes to mind for you? That's a big question. And I I don't know that I would have answered it the same pre-pandemic as I answer it now. Right now, these businesses still are in somewhat survival mode because of the pandemic. So defense has become different for many of these businesses. And now sometimes it means just it's an existential question mm-hmm. of what can we do to, to to remain open now so that we can survive now to thrive in the future, right. right? So as an organization, we try to get as many resources to our members as possible to say, okay, are you maximizing the benefits that might be out there from particularly government assistance mm-hmm. in the last few years? If it's PPP, Or uh, uh, We Are All In grants through WEDC, the state, uh, the Main Street Bounce Back grants. If it's EIDL loans through SBA, uh, basically all I'm doing is giving you an acronym soup here. But these acronyms are really important for the businesses. And we make sure to highlight those businesses that these resources are available now for you to survive as a business. We also recommend, you know, working with groups like M3 so that they have everything they need to succeed so that you have the proper insurance. If there is, a, a, a <laughs> you know, God forbid yeah. something happened, there's a workers' comp claim, uh, some, a car runs into your, your physical store, you need to be prepared for any mm-hmm. problem. We didn't see the pandemic. I'm not sure that anyone was ready for a pandemic, right. but we need to be ready for everything. We try to make sure that we give the tools that they need, and the partnerships and connections to groups like M three or to SBA or a who, WEDC, whoever it is, to try to make sure that they can survive now, uh, so they can continue to grow as a business. Yeah, it's a great uh, point, and I just underscore It's really about, as
0: a small business, you know, relying on organizations like yours to be able to get connected to the resources that allow them to survive. Do you, Jason, have a couple of maybe, and again, one or two examples of um, small businesses that have played defense really well or uh, stories that you'd highlight about maybe how people have accessed some of those
1: resources? Yeah, it's a great question. The, the, You know, one is Red Square Floral. You know, they they have been a staple downtown for years. Wonderful store. Beautiful. If you ever need a gift, go to Red Square Floral. It makes everybody happy. Um they moved across the street and they were able to take advantage of the $10,000 uh, bounce back grant because they were going into an, a location that was vacant. And that $10,000 can make all the difference in that move across the street and it allows them to have a bigger space, more potential revenue coming through that. It's a better um, location for view. They're now directly across from the Overture Center as you come down the street. If you know Madison well, if you come down Dayton on to Fairchild, it's a beautiful location. That grant plus other grants that they received uh, really made sure that they were they were able to stay open during twenty twenty and then at the end of the pandemic, think about expansion. Mm-hmm. They might not have thought about expansion if they didn't have all of those defensive qualities in place and all of that aid that they, that was available to them. That rightfully, you know, the the Congress or the state legislature or the city of Madison, the city of Madison has also had several grants are available to these businesses. That can really help. And they were put in a position now that they're growing as they're coming out of the pandemic. And I would argue in a much better spot. And I think if you talk to the folks at Red Square Floor, they would say that as well.
0: No, that, that, that's a wonderful example. And, and uh, maybe what we can do, Jason, is we can put some information in uh, kind of the show notes uh, on online for people to be able to. Uh, either see some of those resources or connect it because I'm thinking about you know yes a lot of our audiences here in Madison and Wisconsin but you know if you're across the Midwest how can people just take that action item and be like there are people out there to help like DMI in their town and how might they get connected to uh, to somebody like that that is able to when they're needed whether it's a pandemic uh, or you know, construction right in front of your store or other challenges that are more intrinsic to the downtown community that there, there is help there's help out there for them, so so that's that's awesome, Jason. Last last question in this in this set for you before we move to the fastest break set. I, I you know I, I believe like you uh, that a thriving downtown is is so critical to a town's overall success. You you used the analogy it, it's the heart, right? It's the heartbeat of a town. Um, we've directed a lot of the conversation so far today towards small business owners, but I'd love to finish with just talking to our audience audiences, uh, citizens, right? As as sort of people who live in a town wherever they are and members of their sort of communities. Um, why, why, should they, why should we all agree with the statement that a thriving downtown
1: is the heartbeat of a city? We need to find ways for us to connect. And the best way to do that is in these spaces like downtown. Now, I say downtown Madison actually is one of the hearts of downtown. I, I, from the Francesca Hong, the state representative for here in, in downtown, she says it, she she said that to me. That it's just amazing how many hearts we have in downtown. It's all of these different business districts. Yeah. In Madison, it happens to be street-based, right? Yeah. So we've got downtown with State Street and whatnot, but there's also Willie Street. Yeah. There's Sherman, there's Johnson, there's Monroe Street. We need to support all of these areas where people can connect. Yeah. Because we still have a ton of small businesses that are located in those areas. And those small businesses are owned by your neighbors. Right. And you want to support your neighbors. So what I would say is to everyone, support downtown, do what you can to come into these areas and go to Fromagination mm-hmm. and go to August and go to Little Luxuries and go to the Soap Opera and go to Red Square and Cora, I don't care what it is, but support downtown because when you keep your money local, it has the 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 multiplying factor is significantly, significantly stronger. So continue to smart small businesses. They're employing your neighbors. They are your neighbors. It really is important for the character, the culture, and the quality of life of our community. And I think wherever you are in, country
0: in the Midwest, you know, finding your downtown, finding your street that's close to you that has those businesses that rely on you. Go, go be present and go be there. Jason, as always, uh, we'd like to finish with our last set of questions, which is the fastest break. So I'm going to pepper you with uh, some really quick questions. uh, And we're just looking for uh, your immediate response uh, right off the top, quick answer, uh, and then we'll move on to the next one. Does that sound okay? Perfect. All right. Uh,
1: the favorite book that you've read in the last 12 months so this is by far my favorite book it's one of my favorite books I think I've read in my life it's called Sing Unburied Sing by Jasmine Ward it's an excellent excellent book it's a I don't want to give too much away but it's a a story of a family who's traveling in the south Uh, it's a ghost story it's deeply about race there's just a ton in this book I would highly recommend it Jasmine Ward is an excellent writer and and I I, I could recommend him awesome Complete the sentence. For you, leadership is. Leadership is humility.
0: Love it. The most impactful coaching advice that you've ever received.
1: Starting with yes and working to no. Your favorite podcast that you would recommend. I do have my own podcast, so but I'm not going to say it's that one, which has its own, we call it the Fast and Furious Five. So we actually have a very similar idea. We ask five rapid fire questions. Uh, so I appreciate this. I appreciate that the tables have been turned. But for the the, the, the answer for me is absolutely uh, uh, Black Oxygen with Angela Russell. It's an amazing locally based Madison podcast. A- Angela Russell is the chief diversity officer uh, at CUNA Mutual. Mm-hmm. Just an, an absolutely excellent podcast. Um, uh, a series of conversations. Very important. And Angela is a good friend and just an absolutely wonderful human being. So the black oxygen is, is the one I would uh, I would go. The, on, on the not you know serious side is, is smartless. Jason, you can't live without an app on your phone. Oh, it's uh, Google Maps. No doubt. My job, I'm all over the place. I we're a one car family, and I love the challenge of getting around without a car. But if you don't have Google Maps, you know, I use the bus, no. I use my bike, I, I walk. I gotta know exactly how long things take. So I, I am on Google Maps like a hundred times a day. Love it. Last thing you did that truly scared you. Oh, I, that was last week. Did, uh, I'm scared of heights and we were on a vacation. And why I thought it was a good idea to go through the Alps in Europe <laughs> with my being scared of heights. I'm still my, my palms are still sweating. Jason, uh, let me uh, be the first to say on behalf of our audience, thank
0: you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing all your wisdom. Thank you for the work that you do uh, with DMI to to represent all of your members, including M3, um, to help uh, our downtowns and our communities be places where everybody can thrive. We truly appreciate it. And we thank you for your time today. Well, you're very welcome. And
1: thank you for all you do. And I can't wait for what the future holds for downtown Max.
0: This has been Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate, where we talk with high-impact business leaders and share strategies that you can use to grow and protect your business. And remember, don't settle for an insurance and benefits agent who only plays defense. You need an advisor, a partner, a friend who helps you play offense too. That's us. Like what you heard? Well, don't forget to subscribe. You'll find bonus content and more episodes at m3ins.com slash m3elevate and anywhere where you find your podcasts. And if you're a business owner or leader with insights to share, give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. We might even love to have you on the show. This is Fast Break presented by M3 Elevate. I'm Matt Cranny, and we'll see you next time.